so it's the 21st of December. I've got that right, right? Four days, four sleeps, as my daughter would say. And that's the only way that she's reckoning time at the moment. It's just, it's four sleeps and, and nothing else really matters at this point. Um, she was up at quite early this morning. This is my four-year-old daughter um, and had got all of the presents out from under the tree and was looking through them to see which ones were hers. So she's, um, and, and then kind of, you know, the rattling thing. I, I, know, I know that you do it <laughs> to see which one's yours. So this, uh, we've reached the, uh, the kind of uh, culmination of Advent this week we've got uh, we're at the fourth week of advent uh, thank you nigel for lighting those so one more to go thanks that's fine um so this as as nigel was saying at the beginning uh, over the last few weeks we've been looking at some of the uh, the characteristics of christmas we've been looking at love we've been looking at hope um and at peace and this week uh, we are looking at joy um woohoo so uh, let's just take a minute though and check actually how we're feeling about christmas shall we <laughs> Let's just, 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 because everyone says, oh yeah, it's Christmas, that's great. But, but actually, let's just take a minute and check how we actually feel about it. Are we excited? Some of us will be, that's great. Are we happy? Are we tired, maybe? <laughs> Are we a bit drained? Are we lonely? Maybe short of money? Maybe worried? Maybe stressed? Maybe panicking slightly? Maybe all of those things at once? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it can be hard to feel joyful, can't it, at this time of year sometimes. Uh, for most of us, December is phenomenally busy. If you have kids in school, especially in primary school, I find, I don't know about secondary school yet, um, I find this, that, that um, we had uh, about 13 separate presents for each member of our kids' um, teach classes and schools and auxiliary teachers and teachers and music teachers and all sorts. Just, just the sheer logistics of Christmas uh, can be exhausting. Um, some people spend the whole month of Christmas dreading Christmas, whole month of December, and they can't wait for it to be over because it means they have to see their family or they have to face those issues or they have to maybe spend Christmas without somebody this year for the, perhaps the first time or the second time or the third time. So Christmas has a whole bunch of emotions for all of us, doesn't it? Some of those emotions are great and good, and that's fantastic. Some of those emotions can be hard. Um, so how do we feel joyful at Christmas? Let me just jump to that. How do we feel, uh, how do we feel happy? Is, is that really the secret? Is that really what it's about? Well, I've been, I haven't really thought much about joy as a thing uh, for quite some time, and I've been researching it this week, and it turns out that there's a secret. Um, there's a secret to joy, uh, and it's very similar to the secret to love as well, which is awesome. Um, now, I think that the Oxford English Dictionary in this case has it all wrong. Okay, this is, this is what the, uh, the dictionary defines uh, joy as. Now, if you look at the Bible, the way that the Bible defines joy, uh, this definition is woefully insufficient. Because this is simply isn't what the Bible teaches. Um, joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness is what most people think of when they think of joy. But actually, the Bible teaches us something quite different. Most people think of joy rather like this. Right? Um, but deep down, uh, most of us, apart from my four-year-old daughter, uh, know that this isn't the answer, ultimately. Um, on average, uh, yesterday, yesterday, by the way, was dubbed by the media as Panic Saturday. Um, that's what they said. Uh, 2.1 million pounds a minute was spent in UK shops. Uh, incredible, isn't it? Um, on average, we spend 33 pounds per person on last-minute panic buys. <laughs> Apparently that's true. Um, yet in total, 
we waste £1.2 billion a year on unwanted gifts. That's how, much, how many gifts are returned after Christmas. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? Christmas joys simply don't last. Getting all of those amazing things, you know, we feel, we feel excited beforehand and rather deflated afterwards. Um, because Christmas, or joy specifically, isn't actually about feeling happy. Um, because joy isn't really happiness. Um, the reason that we know this uh, is because it is possible to feel joyful even when we are undergoing difficult trials. It says in James, uh, James chapter 1 verse 2, uh, which is a book written by um, uh, one of Jesus' family. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, let me just make sure I've got that up there, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Well, this means that joy can't be about feeling great, right? It can't be that necessarily about that feeling of great happiness because we don't feel great when we're undergoing trials. So what, what is joy? Is it about uh, stuffing as many things into our lives as possible so that we can forget all the things that maybe cause us pain and grief? Well, no, it's not about that either. There are so many things that we as a society try to do uh, to give us joy, don't we? Perhaps to cover up loneliness or to cover up pain. Um, there's a secret, uh, isn't there, that shopping is not going to satisfy the deep recesses of our human's heart. Um, devoting ourselves to our children uh, or to other people's children is, is another. Um, obviously, it's good to, to love children, it's good to spend time with them, and it's good to dote on them, but, but it's, um, it's not going to fill that deep desire in our hearts for joy, for peace, for life. Alcohol definitely doesn't do it. It makes us feel okay for a while, uh, but not forever. Drugs doesn't do it either. Sex doesn't do it either. Pornography doesn't do it either. Um, so pleasing ourselves is not the answer. Um, what is the answer? What is the source of joy? Where does joy come from? The answer is, as you're probably expecting, is that it comes from God. But it's more than that. It's more than it just comes from God. It is actually part of the very essence of who God actually is. Okay, joy is the fabric, that, it's almost the fabric of the universe. Okay, it says in the Bible that the, the essence of the Trinity, uh, that's the three persons of God in one, is relationship. It's a loving, communing relationship uh, between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, has anyone here read The Shack, the book The Shack? Most of you have. That's an incredible uh, picture. Now, I'm not sure I agree with everything, that, the, the way that God is portrayed in that book, but one thing that I really took away from it was this incredible loving relationship between the three persons that um, the guy in the book met. This just wonderful sense of community and love and mutual love and relationship. So joy is actually, it, its source is that. It's like a spring that gives rise to a great river throughout the whole universe. It's where it comes from. It's where uh, the kind of all of the delight and everything that is good and pure and right in the universe comes from that relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, joy comes from the Father delighting in his creation. It says, Dallas Willard wrote a book called The Divine Conspiracy. How many people have actually read this book? Or at least read the first bit? It's a really amazing book and I would recommend it to you. Um, what he says in this very early on is, let's just have a rethink about how we see God and how we see our lives. And uh, one of the things he says that is that he reminds us that God is, leads a very interesting life. 
and that he is full of joy. He is the most joyous being in the entire universe. Um, we look at one little fish like, where are we? This one. Okay, that is a beautiful thing. Okay, just, just the intricacies and the complexities and the slight transparentness around the edges and just the amazing vibrant colours that exist in that one little insignificant yellow fish that's about this big. Um, you know, we can hardly, if we think about it, take in these creatures one at a time, but God has seas full of them and he is constantly experiencing them. That's something that we find really hard to just even take in. Um, if, we could, if we had a, a sense of, of just an inkling of the measure of God's joy, it would completely overwhelm us to the point where we'd be completely incapacitated. We'd probably be wobbling jellies. I don't know. <laughs> um, so Dallas Willard says um, in this book, uh, we pay a lot of money to get a tank with a few fish in like this and never tire at looking at their brilliant iridescence and marvellous forms and movements. Um, but God has seas full of them, which he constantly enjoys. We are enraptured by a well-done movie sequence or by a few bars from an opera or lines from a poem. We treasure our great experiences for a lifetime and we may have very few of them. But God is simply one great, inexhaustible and eternal experience of all that is good and true and beautiful and right. This is what we must think of when we hear theologians and philosophers speak of him as a perfect being. This is his life. Just continuing on um, with the quote. A short while ago, the Hubble Space Telescope gave us pictures of the Eagle Nebula, which is that there. Um, showing us clouds of gases and microscopic dust reaching six trillion miles from top to bottom. This is actually only part of the picture. It was, unfortunately, we couldn't make it scroll, but it scrolls a long way. <laughs> okay. um, as I looked at these pictures, this is Dallas Willard speaking, and threw them at the past and ongoing development of the cosmos, I could not help but think of Jesus' words before he left his little band of students. In my father's house, there are many places to live. I go to get some ready to you. Human beings can lose themselves in card games or electric trains and think that they are fortunate. But to God, there is available, in the language of one reporter, towering clouds of gases, trillions of miles high, backlit by nuclear fires in newly forming stars, galaxies cartwheeling into collision and sending explosive shockwaves boiling through millions of light years of time and space. These things are all before him, along with new numberless unfolding rosebuds, souls, and songs, and immeasurably more of which we know absolutely nothing. This is the source of joy. This is where all of our joy comes from. It's so much more than feeling happy about getting the thing you wanted, right? So much more to it than that. It's an incredible thing. I'll come to that in a minute. Wow, sorry. <laughs> it's just an incredible thing. I really believe that if we, if we and, and I speak to myself as much as any of us, if we could get a sense of the incredible joy and the experience of creation, just a glimpse of what our Father has, our lives would be completely transformed. All of the things that we used to worry about and care about, and all of the things that we wanted to go to for our uh, satisfaction and for our, our kind of life, would just pale into insignificance 
all of those things that ultimately we think help us, but ultimately hurt us, would just pale into its significance if we were just simply to get and understand this truth. Um, and I speak to myself as much as any of us that I don't understand it either. And I turn to all sorts of things um, uh, to, to make myself feel better about myself. Um, but this is the source of joy. This is where it all comes from. Now, given that this is the fabric of the universe, the, um, uh, Paul in the writer of the Philippians actually goes further and simply saying uh, that, oh, yes, you should remember this from time to time. You should remember this is where your joy comes from. This is, this is where everything comes from. He actually commands us to remember it's not simply a question of, uh, oh, yes, this might be a good thing to think about. Uh, Paul actually says that we are to rejoice in the Lord. Okay, so we are actually to do it. We are actually to do something to rejoice. Okay, now that's an interesting thought. What, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to rejoice in something? So let's have a think about that. Does it mean to simply go, yay, all the time? Probably not. Because Jesus didn't do that all the time. So there's, there's something there, isn't there? There's something interesting to think about. Um, <clears throat> well, we're going to unpack that a little bit. So let's think first about love. Okay, This is what most people think of. Uh, well, one way of thinking about love. The love is a feeling. Love is how you feel. It's in love and it's wonderful. And stars and rainbows and unicorns and all of that stuff. right? Um, and, it, and that is a real thing that people feel. And, and it's a wonderful thing. Ultimately, but, but um, this is actually possibly a more accurate depiction of love, wouldn't you say? <laughs> this is actually what it boils down to, um, you know, day in, day out, um, this kind of love. Um, love which is selfless and actually uh, acting for the betterment of somebody else, in this case for their comfort, I guess, or breakfast in bed or something, I don't know. Um, now, <clears throat> the Bible teaches love, it doesn't teach love as a feeling at all, it teaches love as a command as an action, um, rather like this. This is, this is somebody loving someone else. It's not that he, fe- he necessarily feels love for that person at this point. He probably doesn't. He's probably a bit frustrated and stressed about getting all of that looking that perfect. But that's true. The hair is amazing. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? That's not, that's not the feeling at that point. Okay, that's not what you're going for. You're not going for feeling in love. You're going for doing something that betters somebody else's life, right? Okay, so there is a big difference between being loving and feeling in love. It's an action, it's not a feeling. Now, the same thing, this is the thing that I've kind of, was a bit of a revelation to me this week, is the same thing is true of joy. Uh, The same thing is true of joy. Joy actually in the Bible is taught as an action, as, a, as something that is, is a gift given to us by the Holy Spirit so that we can do it, um, and something that we can do. Being joyful is something that we can actually do and actively practice. It's not just something that we do when we feel like it, in just the same way that we don't love people when we feel like it. Because if that was the case, I don't think I would ever love anyone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like you don't always feel like being loving, do you? In the same way, you don't always feel like being joyful. You don't always feel happy. But joy is something that you can practice. It's something we can do. That is incredibly releasing. Because it means that we don't have to worry about how we're feeling all the time. All the time. Um, so to rejoice, how do we actually do it? Well, let's look at a, an analogy. Uh, when we go to a wedding, uh, we are rejoicing with the couple, aren't we? That's what we do when we go to a wedding. Now, what does that look like? 
Does it look like us turning up at the wedding saying, this is wonderful, I feel amazing, this is so great all the time, and then just sitting through the service going, it's amazing, isn't it wonderful that you're getting married? It'd be really annoying, wouldn't it? Someone that you invited, you'd wish you hadn't invited them. Now what you do is you turn up, you, um, you wake up pretty early if you're driving a long way, uh, you have an argument with your spouse about how early it is, and then you have an argument with your kids about the fact that they're not ready yet, and then you put on all your nice clothes, and then you go, and then you sit in a, in a church, and you, um, you pay attention to the couple. You watch the bride coming in, you say, isn't that wonderful that she looks so beautiful, don't they look so wonderful together? Isn't it great that they're getting married? Isn't it great how they feel about each other, what they've committed to? It's a wonderful thing. Marriage is a great thing. And you, you, you um, do that throughout the service. And then afterwards, normally you go back and you, you have champagne and you say, isn't it great that they've got married? Isn't it wonderful? You have a meal and say, isn't it wonderful that they've got married? And then there's some speeches saying how wonderful it is that these two have got married. And then you go home. That's pretty much it. So what you're doing actually <clears throat> is you're sharing in their joy. They probably feel quite happy, you know, uh, on their wedding day, hopefully. But we don't necessarily always feel like that, but we go and we, we take an action in order to rejoice with them. Does that make sense? So what we're doing is we're, we're paying attention to the couple. We are sharing in their joy by being there and giving them our attention. We don't really think about ourselves on our wedding day. Most of us don't. Oh, sorry, not ourselves on our wedding day, on ourselves on somebody else's wedding day. You know, it's all about the couple. It's all about the couple and the commitment they've made to each other before God. So in the same way... To rejoice, to rejoice with God, what does that mean? It means to share in his joy, to rejoice with the Father and the Son in their relationship. Now, Jesus is the one who has made this even possible. Um, but because before that, we were so weighed down with our own selfishness and stuff, we could never even see him. But then Jesus has taken all of that away for us so that we are able to view him perfectly as completely people without any selfishness at all. And just see him and for who he is in his glorious light. That is what Jesus has done. Um, and that allows us access to this incredible relationship that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit possess. And we, rather like a guest at a wedding, are allowed to go and pay attention to it. Say, isn't it wonderful? Isn't creation wonderful? Isn't God wonderful? Isn't the way that he's organized everything wonderful? Look at what he's done for us. That, that is joy. That is practicing and doing joy. So coming here to worship him and paying attention to uh, the words that we're singing when we're singing them is practicing joy. It's actually something we're doing. That's why we spend so much time here. It's one of the reasons we spend so much time here singing songs to God. You know, you might think there's another song on there. There's another song. Oh, there's another song. And it's kind of weird if you think about it. It's a little bit like Christian karaoke. You've kind of got these words on the screen and you kind of sing them um, just like someone would in a karaoke club or something. It's kind of a strange thing. So it's a weird thing to do if you think about it from the outside. But the reason that we do it is because we're all joining together in worshipping and joining in that relationship that God has with each other. So it is a kind of strange, it's a slightly strange thing that we do when we all stand up and sing songs. But that's ultimately what we're doing. We're paying attention to God and who he is and sharing in his joy. Um, and it's something we do together as a group. Um, it's an amazing privilege to be able to do that, which is why we give so much time to it on a Sunday. So that's one way that we can rejoice. Um, what are some other ways that we can rejoice? What are some other ways that even if we're not feeling joyful, we can actually uh, kind of get into that joy or partake of that joy? Um, one way uh, which I find extremely helpful is to practice being thankful. 
Um, I don't know if you do this, if you um, uh, find this easy. I, to be honest, I don't find this very easy. Um, I, uh, because ultimately, I, I often forget that uh, being thankful is not the same as feeling thankful. <laughs> um, sometimes I don't feel thankful, especially not first thing in the morning when I'm trying to prepare a talk and my little daughter gets up and starts screwing around with the Christmas tree, uh, which is what happened this morning. But um, I didn't feel very thankful at that moment for the, the joy of Christmas and the joy of my daughter. I felt uh, a bit tired and annoyed, if I'm honest. But, um, but actually, it's about being thankful, isn't it? It's about doing it anyway. Um, Jesus knew this um, when he talked about, uh, when he was thankful, I can't really see that emphasis there, but, but uh, when he, in, in Luke, was talking uh, to his disciples, uh, at, at one point he just broke out into prayer and he said, Jesus was filled with joy of the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things, uh, these secrets of the world from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. He was just so pleased with, he, he just took a moment to just say thank you uh, to God for, for what he had done, the, far, the way the Father had organized uh, his son coming down to earth. Now, when we feel joyful, it overflows into thankfulness. Um, but the, the great thing about being thankful is it's the other way around too. When we are thankful, our hearts start to fill with joy. Should we practice that for a minute? It's worth doing. Why don't you just spend just a minute or two thinking about uh, something that you are thankful for? Just one thing. It could be anything. It might take some people a little bit longer than others, depending on how their morning has gone. But, um, but yeah, have a think about what you're thankful for. One thing that you're thankful for. Would anyone like to share any, just one thing, just call it out, anything that you're thankful for? Thankful for salvation. Fantastic. Anyone else? Thankful for your job? Health? Family? Children? Nature programs? Now we're getting to it. <laughs> Life itself? Chocolates. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you in your thanks for that. What was that, sorry? Friends. Yes. Yay. Thank you that we have food to eat. Anyone else? You can keep going if you already have one. God's word, the Bible, revealed to us. This, sorry, go on. This church. The Holy Spirit given to us in order to, for us to be comforted on this world and to understand more of his joy and thankfulness. Thank you for not being decapitated. Yeah, that's true. I get that. Your home. Freedom to worship. Freedom to do what we're doing today without fear. There's so many things, aren't there? We could, I could sit, stand here, and we could do this until about four o'clock in the afternoon, but then they kick us out for the nativity. But we could actually do that. We could. I think we would still find things. There are so many things that we can be thankful for, even when uh, things are difficult for us. Even when things are really hard, we can still be thankful. We can still make a choice to be thankful because God has always given us something to be thankful for. Practicing that sense of thankfulness, uh, it's, like, it's like it's filling our tank with petrol. It almost like um, it just fills you and fills you and fills you. And the more and more and more and more you do it, the more and more and more your life is put into perspective and you understand and feel the joy of the Father. Um, 
So that's a gift from the Holy Spirit. The gift of, of understanding this joy really comes from the Holy Spirit. And as we are thankful to God for the things that he's done, um, that joy just ends up exploding out of us. Um, so we don't have to feel it before we do it. That's the main thing. So practice thankfulness. The second thing is to crowd out. Sorry, I'm on two different things here. There we go. Crowd out fake joy with Jesus. Um, I don't know if I want to say too much about this right now, but there are so many things, like I said, in, in our lives and in our hearts where we just, we forget, don't we? We forget who he is. We forget what he's done for us. And we think, oh, I just want to just do that thing or I just want to watch that movie or I just want to, I don't know, have that extra drink that I probably shouldn't have. Or I'm just going to go and see those guys down the road, you know? Um, and it's so easy to do. So easy to do. Uh, for me, um, my, my kind of go-to thing at the moment is YouTube. I'm sorry about that, but it's true. Um, I just love watching um, video games on YouTube. It's just something I like doing. Um, it's something I, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that, um, but it depends on how long you do it for, right? So, you know, after a while, I realized that, that just, just watching other people play video games is a security for me. It's something that I, I'm putting something in to make me feel better, you know, when actually I could go to Jesus and ask him to make me feel better. Um, now, for you, it will be different. That's just my thing. Um, so feel free to call me on that one. I'll give you permission. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that, that that's something I should never do, because it's not something that's inherently unhealthy, I don't think, but it's something that, that I find, uh, I don't know, um, it's just it's something that I, I just go to. There's, there's a tug in my heart to go do that, because it makes me feel better. Don't ask me why. It's a weird thing. You know, there, it's different for everyone. For some people, it's coffee. Uh, you just can't do without it, and you get really cranky if you don't have one. You know, it's just, it's just whatever it is. Whatever it is. And, and if you're not sure uh, what things you're going to uh, in order to feel better about ourselves, uh, the, the best thing to do is just ask the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, what is it? that What, are, what am I substituting? What am I substituting in my heart, especially at Christmas? Because there's so much stuff in Christmas, isn't there? What am I substituting uh, for you in my life? Now, I'm not saying that all of the kind of things that we get up to and, and do at Christmas are wrong. Of course not. They're wonderful things. You know, I'm not saying that eating lots of chocolate is, is wrong at Christmas. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we know in our hearts, because the Holy Spirit tells us, when we are doing that because we are sad, not because uh, we're celebrating, right? We know, we know that, and, and the Holy Spirit tells us that. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Um, there's an amazing passage, which Ellie and I had as our wedding passage, actually, uh, which is um, just, just an incredible verse where uh, in the, the writers of the Hebrews uh, writes this and as an exhortation to his people, where he said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, these are all of the people, by witnesses, he means all of the people who have gone before us in faith, all of those who have lived and died and are now with Jesus in glory. Uh, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, you know, we, we have a, uh, a little thing at my house when I was growing up, a little placard saying, fix your eyes on Jesus from this passage. And um, my, I think it was my mum or dad stuck it on the front of our television, um, which is a great place to have it. 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, um, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Um, oh, if, if we were to fix our eyes on Jesus, how different our lives might be. <laughs> um, now, again, it's sometimes hard to do that, isn't it? Um, but the Holy Spirit helps us. And all we really have to do is say, Lord, just help me. Help me like the guy in the Bible who, who wanted to believe and said, help my unbelief. Lord, just help us get a picture of your son, Jesus, and everything, the majesty and the, the greatness of who he is and who he was. Um, he was an incredibly uh, clever intellectual man uh, who sometimes we think of him as the baby in the manger, but that's not who he was. Uh, ultimately, that's not who he became and that's not who, uh, who he was since the beginning of the uh, creation. Now, he is the most incredible, dynamic, interesting, um, special that ever there was, if you've seen the Lego movie. Um, he is the ultimate special. <laughs> um, the most dynamic, interesting person that has ever walked this earth. Um, let's fix our eyes on him. Uh, for he pioneered our faith and he perfected it. Um, now, yeah. Let's remember also that he's going to prepare rooms for us. Um, I want one in the Eagle Nebula, personally. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, let's remember the promise of future joy. Let's remember that when he went to the Father, he went to almost uh, consummate that relationship with him and his Father, and also with us, um, who get to come along for the ride, pretty much. Um, let's remember the promise of the future that we hold uh, in Jesus. Um, sometimes, for us, it can feel a little bit like this. Um, joy can seem a little bit out of reach, can't it? A little bit elusive, almost like we aren't built for joy. Do you know what I mean? Um, for some, and some, to be honest, circumstances mean a really hard time. And it's very glib of me to stand up here and say, be joyful, um, when I'm, you're probably feeling a thousand miles from that. But ultimately, that's the command of the Bible, because it is for our own good that we are joyful, that we practice joy, that we remember who he is and what he's done, because it will change our lives and change our hearts. Um, so for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. For the joy that is in heaven that awaits us also, Jesus went through the cross. That's what the writer of the Hebrews says. That was an incredibly difficult, painful experience that is completely unfathomable to us as to how difficult that was for us. The fact that Jesus had to suffer and die um, and, and endure separation from his father um, uh, in order that we may join in and share in this relationship with him. But it says the reason that he did that was for the joy that was set before him. If that experience for him was difficult and devastatingly hard, how much greater then must the joy that is set before him and us be for, to make that worth it? Does that make sense? That joy must just be unspeakable. And that is what is awaiting us. Um, that is what he went to prepare for us. Now, <clears throat> if we remember that, um, if, if compared to uh, that kind of glory and that majesty and that wonder, our kind of fake little plastic joy, my overdoing the YouTube videos, just kind of becomes whatever, right? That's the only real way to, to stop doing that. Just remember who he is. And all of that stuff just kind of goes, you know. Um, if we try and be good, we will never be good. Uh, but if we try and be gods, then goodness just comes. I'm just going to show you a little uh, clip. Um, guys, if you've got the video running, that would be great. Uh, this is something that Nigel alluded to last week. 
um, he uh, spoke about the Vicar of Baghdad coming to Trent. If you just hold it for just a sec, guys, and I'll introduce this guy. Uh, the Vicar of Baghdad was at Trent Vineyard a couple of weeks ago. Um, Nigel recommended uh, that we go and look at the video, so I went to look at the video. It's really good. I really recommend you watch the whole video. He's a really interesting guy. Um, he suffers from multiple sclerosis, so his speech is a little slurred, um, and he can't really stand for very long, but he is an incredibly... Uh, interesting man. If, in case you don't know who he is, he is um, the vicar of a church just outside the green zone in Baghdad. Um, so he has uh, in his congregation people who uh, have gone to various different, um, who have come from or are also going back to uh, cities that uh, are under the control of IS or ISIS. Um, and he, in this, in this clip, which I won't show all of it, uh, tells some incredibly harrowing stories about some of the things that have gone on there. He has seen great suffering um, in his people um, and he has also put himself in, in a really dangerous situation a number of times when he's gone to visit these cities um, as a Westerner, that's an extremely dangerous thing to do, uh, to, um, to go and comfort the believers there. Um, so he has seen his share of suffering, grief and death. But listen to what he has to say about his life. Can you guys run that video? Lord, why is it that I am so happy? Why is it that I am so glad? Why am I so full of the love of Jesus? When I look at myself, yes, I might have problems. I might suffer from MS. I might be surrounded by my people being persecuted. But I can honestly say I'm the happiest person I've ever met. <laughs> and I did meet, meet me once. I met me. I'm so happy. So full of joy, apart from on one occasion when I got lost trying to get here this morning. <laughs> for a moment, for a moment I thought, oh dear, my joy is going. What am I going to do, Lord? All of you know what it's like to have hard days. All of us have had difficulties, but all of us can know that the suffering of this present world isn't worthy to be compared to the glory that is to come. Joy is an action. It's not a feeling. Um, it becomes a great overwhelming sense of gratitude, but that's not where it starts. Um, joy is something that we do, that we can practice. It's something that even the grumpiest of people at Christmas, the Scrooge, Scrooges amongst us, and I can relate slightly to that, um, can experience. And it's something we do. It's not something that we have to feel necessarily. We can be released from the tyranny of only doing what we feel like doing, you know. Um, let's practice thankfulness. Let's crowd out those fake joys in our life with the wonder of Jesus. And let's remember the promise of the future joy that's going to come.
Can you stand? Is that okay? We've got some time this morning. I just love to ask the Holy Spirit to come and reveal his joy to us. Is that okay? Because it says in the Bible that God's gift by the Holy Spirit is joy. He can help us with this. Uh, he can help us feel. Uh, he can help us get to a position where we don't have to act based on what we feel. He can help us to be thankful. He can help us to remember um, his son. So Jesus, I pray now that you would send your Holy Spirit amongst us. More of your Holy Spirit here, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with your joy this Christmas. Fill us with your love and your peace and your hope. More of your presence now. Just got a sense he's going to significantly touch some of us and help us with this. Come, Lord. And it might be that as you're standing there, you're thinking of all the reasons that you have not to be joyful. I just encourage you just to throw those out for a minute and just think about him instead. Think about the things we're thankful for. Mm. A number of other people are thinking of things that they have done or things that they continue to do that they don't know how to stop, that they know are robbing them of joy. And Lord, I ask now that you would break the power of those things in our lives, those things that we cannot seem to conquer, but we know that you can conquer. Break the power of them in Jesus' name. More of your spirit, Lord. And there's some of you that, as I've been speaking, you've been just stirred to want to know more about this. You want to know more about what this joy is. It's something that maybe you don't understand or know uh, yet, and you would love to um, hear more about this incredible guy, Jesus. And if that's you, I'd encourage you to pray this prayer as I pray it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you that you died in order that I might be set free from myself and all of the things that I've done that I know uh, are not of you. And I pray that you would now bring me into your relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, uh, the giver of life, the part of you that gives life and, and is with us today. Fill me with that, Lord, and help me with this. As I get to know more about you, I want to know more about you. Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Mm. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, please do come and talk to me afterwards. I would love to talk to you more about that. Or talk to Nigel, who is leading the service, or Joe down at the front. We would love to hear more about that from you. But let's just continue to receive uh, God's joy and his blessing. I know there's more. Let's wait patiently for him. We've got plenty of time. The kids don't need to be picked up just yet. More of your presence, Lord Jesus. Chris was saying how, in the same way that love is an action, not just a feeling, joy is an action, not a feeling. And for some of us, it may be that we need to make, make an action, take an active step 
rather than just waiting for a feeling to come. And so if you know that your circumstances are such that you do not, just, you do not feel <laughs> joyful in one or more areas of your life, or, but you want to make an active step in, in, in kind, of, kind of just stepping out and saying, no, I don't feel this, but I will try and embrace your joy, Lord. Um, then we'd love to make that opportunity for you to do that. Um, and um, there's nothing special or magic about coming down to the front, but it could be just that the symbolism of doing that might be something that would be really helpful. And so if you want to do that, we would love to pray with you or just stand with you. We would love to pray to bless you. We would love to pray for God's spirit to be with you. And we've got people here who would love to do that. So if that's something that would be helpful, or if you sense that the Lord is, that's that's kind of reflects where your heart is, then um, maybe maybe you could come and do that. We have plenty of time and we have plenty of space. Can I also invite the band to come? And they're going to lead us in a song or two in a minute. But if you would like to take a step um, and just acknowledge that, you know, despite whatever circumstances, and by the way, you don't need to come and necessarily tell us all the circumstances, but if you'd like to take that step, um, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to stand with you. Um, so there's space and there's time and maybe that's something you'd like to do